Hello and welcome to the Fire Podcast. I'm Ryan Rhodes. Thank you for tuning in today. On today's episode, Andres put a challenge before God to prove he is real. Time with the Lord bearing fruit in marketing and strategy. Dead man raised to life in South Africa, crippled woman healed in Venezuela, but will God heal his brother of cancer from across the United States? Andres is part of King Jesus Global, uh, also known as El Rey Jesus in Miami, Florida. It's an international miracle-filled ministry led by Apostle Guillermo Maldonado, uh, who's known around the world. There, Andres is part of the eldership of Remnant Youth and manages marketing and public relations. But what truly makes Andres special is his raw devotion and passion for who Jesus is and for, for knowing him deeply. Uh, I think I think this one's really going to bless you. Um, Andres is one of those people that every time I've talked to him, I, I'm, I'm stirred, but almost to tears, which is because you can feel God on him. Uh, also, this conversation went longer than, than uh, some of the ones in the past, some of my previous episodes, so I decided to split in half. So you are listening to part one, and the other part will be released a couple days later. And you'll be able to finish the episode uh, on on there. And you'll definitely want to do that because I think we get into uh, some crazy testimonies in the second episode. Also, would you consider a one-time or monthly gift uh, to help support the podcast in this ministry as we continue to reach more people? If you'd like to do that, you can go to firemovement.com slash support. Uh, Once again, that's firemovement.com slash support. And there you'll have the options for a one-time or monthly gift. Lastly, uh, if you can, please share this with your friends, share it on social media. Also, uh, reviewing the podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts, if it has an option to leave a review, uh, doing those things, following, subscribing uh, on all the different platforms, that really helps boost, uh, boost our podcast in the algorithm so it's more likely that more people will come across it. That helps us reach more people. Um, So please do those things. And uh, we're about to jump into our episode. But first, here's a quick sponsor segment. Religion loves Jesus the teacher, is even okay with Jesus the prophet. Religion is not okay with Jesus the breaker of bondage, the transformer of hearts, the savior of nations. Because the real Jesus is the anointed one. He doesn't just have good teachings. He is the, the breaker of bondage. He will transform you. But you got to go after knowing him more. He's worth it. He's worth, he's worth your time. He's worth your life. And there's, there's nothing, this, this city, this nation, the nations of the world are not going to be transformed by a satisfied people. They're going to be transformed by lovesick warriors. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? If the king of the universe and all of his goodness, all of his backing, if all of heaven is for you and standing behind you, supporting you, how, how could anything succeed against you? How could you fail? We could, we could change the world. That's not just a fun phrase. If you'll give your life to this thing, to the real thing, if you'll find the real Jesus, the one who burns with eyes of fire, if you'll get a real hunger in your belly and you don't let anything else stop you, and if you'll if you align yourself with who you are as a son or daughter of God, there is nothing that can stop you. This is the Fire Podcast. 
Hey, well, I'm here with uh, my co-host, Vince Cantergarage, today. He's joining us. And also, go. our guest today is Andres Brizuela uh, from King Jesus in Miami, or El, El Rey Jesus. Uh, you guys call it ERJ. Sometimes I've heard that as well. That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you want to kind of introduce yourself and, and a little bit of what you do at the church? Definitely, man. Um, so... I'm actually one of the elders in the youth in King Jesus Ministry, and our senior pastor is Guillermo Maldonado, and I'm also the marketing director for the church, so I, I kind of take a 50-50 responsibility when it comes to both helping the vision of our house and, and just preaching the gospel and lifting up disciples, and, and then I also have the honor of helping the media side of it. I work in the media department there and leading all the marketing strategies for everything that we do uh, both uh, TV, uh, online church, conferences, events, and, and outreach, which is something we're hitting big now because of COVID. So it's it's been an adventure, man. It's been a journey to be there. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited to have you on uh, today, and I want to introduce you to all of my listeners, all however many that may be. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I've been super impressed. So we met uh, a year ago. When you were out here in Seattle, and that had to do with the marketing end of things, and yeah. what you do for the church is awesome. Um, but that's not really what we're interested in, and in, in this capacity, um, really, I was blown away by uh, your heart for God. And I, I remember uh, us being at the Space Needle, uh, and you know, we were just talking, and I knew that I wanted to talk to you the whole time because before that, I think we had a dinner and stuff, and it was over two days. Um, and I didn't get to sit with you and it was just like, I didn't, I didn't want it to be weird either, but I wanted to talk to you. There, there was something about, it. I'm like, I got to talk to this guy. And, uh, and then we got to talk at the space needle. Finally, it kind of worked out. And I remember almost being in tears as we talked. Um, especially I specifically remember us walking out of the space needle at the, at the base and we were talking and that's when you shared this, like this heart for wanting to see the lovers of God. And how God God had told you He was going to unite the lovers of God, uh, but you wanted to see that that come to fruition. Um, and man, it feels like that's happening now. Here we are a year later. That stuff's happening, and I'm I'm on with two of the people I've been most impressed by their hearts. You you and Vince, um, you guys have both have just blown me away with your your heart for God. Um, but yeah, I can you share a little bit more uh, about that revelation, kind of what God spoke to you and what you think that means? I just we're gonna dive right in. Yeah, um, I, I remember that conversation clearly. By the way, the, the, when we were in Seattle, and I remember, um, I remember that even as I was speaking with you, the Lord even showed me He's one of them. You know, mm-hmm. um, I actually didn't want to go to Seattle. I didn't want to go to that trip. Um, <laughs> COVID had just broken out in my in in Seattle. Actually, I think. Yeah. And and everybody in Miami was just making a big deal about it. And um, I told my boss, hey, I really don't want to go to this trip. Um, I, wa- I want to just stay home. And I remember her saying, you're going no matter what, because I feel that you need to be there from God. So, I, you know, I took the trip and <laughs> I, I, I loved what I want to go do there and what I learned. I appreciated so much more the connection that God gave me with you guys. Mm-hmm. And um, about I think it was the end of 2018 where I started, you know, my, my journey with the Lord has been interesting because I really fell in love with him because I, I was so broken and I needed such a big miracle that it led me to find that he's real, right? Uh, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, Ryan, but I only believe in God 
because I challenged them. And I told God, God, if you're real, make these seven things happen to me within a week. If it doesn't happen, I'm not going to talk to you anymore because I believe that if you're real, you must be a father. And there must be some sort of communication between you and me. And um, within seven days, everything that he gave me came to pass. And like every good teenager, I grabbed the blessing and I went back to the world and I partied. (laughs) um, But every every time I would go and mess things up, um, the moment I, I cried out for help, he would just come in a second. Like what amazes me more is that he wouldn't come to me to tell me I told you so. He wouldn't even mention the sin. He would just erase it. And and I've, I never experienced that. So it got to a moment where I fell in love with him because he was just so good. So at that moment, I stopped coming to God for what he could do for me. And I started to come to God for who he is. And I've never been the same. You know, I, I have never, I've my life has been wrecked. And, you know, that was like in 2010, I would say. And eight years later, I'm just seeking the Lord and I'm, 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 I'm reading the word. I started reading the Passion Translation, which is, has been a, a, a huge blessing for me. And um, God just started highlighting for me all over the book of Proverbs verses on the lovers of God. And um, I think that's when the conviction started hit, hitting me that he's not coming back for apostles or prophets or teachers or evangelists. He's not even coming back for Christians. He's coming back for lovers. He's coming back for a bride. And, um, you know, I, I, I go to a church that by the grace of God, it has so much influence all over the world, especially in South America, Asia, and Africa. And, and really the U.S. is kind of like the new market. If, you know, I'm a marketing, so I talk in that language, but kind of like the new territory <laughs> that we have been tapping into. But I've also seen, unfortunately, the division in the kingdom of God. And I've seen how it's hurt people. You know, the city of Miami, I can honestly say that I don't know many churches that are connected. Um, and it, it breaks our heart, you know. Um, and then the Lord just started highlighting this for me. He, he just started telling me, I went through a season where he started telling me, I'm bringing justice. You know, and, and justice means good things for those that are righteous and bad things for those that just haven't been wanting to repent. And it, it's awesome because God's justice is always because of mercy, right? His judgment is, is really more mercy to lead people to repent. And um, as I started hearing that, he also started giving me this revelation of I'm lifting up people that are not in love with what I gave them, but they're in love with me. And, and I just, he just kept telling me my people are in love with my vision, but they're not in love with me. And he showed me that parable where, um, there was a King that creates like a vineyard and puts people to work in it. And, you know, he would send messengers, um, to kind of go collect and, and check up on what's happening. And they would kill every messenger until they finally send the son and they kill the son too. And, um, you know, the Lord showed me that. He goes, they're more in love with what I gave them than with me. But I'm lifting up a new generation that just burns for me in private. Just is so in love with me. And, and, and I'm going to do something special in them. And then I'm going to connect them. And I'm going to, it doesn't matter what church they're in. It doesn't matter what stream or river or doctrine or Lutheran, Catholic, I don't know, you know, different, so many different doctrines out there. They're just going to be people that are so in love with me that love, it's what's going to create that unity that Jesus prayed for in John 17. And um, it, it literally right after that, I had the privilege of, of going to the send. And the ministry that I'm in, we do big events, but it's within our own stream. You know, people under our covering. We have uh, like 400 churches under us. And that represents like almost a million people in following, right? 
I go to the sand, and it wasn't the first time I go to another church's event, but it was the first time I saw the church gather, because really there was no like main pastor. It was a bunch of you know generals of God coming together, and the most beautiful part is that this the state of Florida came together just to worship the Lord and encounter God, and I saw Baptists who didn't believe in the supernatural, and I saw Charismatics who didn't read a lot of the word of God and just all these different streams come together and just recklessly pursue the father. And I remember being uh, in that place and then that's the Lord brought that word back to me and he just started showing me, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And I remember sitting in the backstage. I was, I was like all the way in the back cause it was so hot. You know, it was, it didn't rain. There was no clouds. I don't know if you know the story, but um, it didn't rain. And all of a sudden we're in the last session. People are fainting, you know, like it just, Everybody's trying to scrap for water. And Jeremy Riddle and Michael Kurianis, I think, start singing Let It Rain. And it just starts raining exactly at that moment. And then I look to my left, and I just see a bunch of young kids uh, worshiping around somebody in a wheelchair. And in their worship, the person in the wheelchair just got up and got completely healed. And um, God began to show me that when people love him recklessly, just, uh, just with no agenda, the best of the church comes out. And I think that's what the world needs, you know. And um, when I connected with Ryan, you know, I, I saw him burning for the Lord uh, so radically, you know. And we started just sharing really minor stories. And um, it blew my mind because that's when the Lord told me, hey, I, this is one of the lovers of God I'm connecting you to. This is one of those people. And then eight months later, he, he kind of talked to me about Dive Collective. And um, God just brought that word again. And he told me, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use this for this. So I, I believe that, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that ministry became their ambition. Hmm. You know, and I, I was teaching some kids yesterday that um, doing the things of God without truly being in love with the Lord leads us to hurt a lot of people. You know, it, it really leads us to make a lot of mistakes. Um, but being so far in love with, just so in love with God that you don't care about ministry, you don't care about any of that it produces the right fruit in you where then you can do ministry and it just changes the world without never making it about you and always about Jesus. Um, so that's a little bit of be behind that, you know, that, that the, the whole lovers of God concept. I just think that he's lifting up people that are not consumed with the positions, with the titles. Um, they're not consumed with fruit. They're, you know, they're consumed with the right fruit, but it's not a focus. It's a result of their love for God. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I, 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 you know, I, I help with the youth here and in, in remnant youth here in the, in the church. And um, I see so many, we're in a generation where we see so many young people being focused on empowerment, right? And it's almost like, how can you be a better businessman? How can you be a better preacher? How can you be a better spouse? And almost a lot of the messages have focused more on making people better rather than leading them to fall in love with God. And because of that, the young people are paying attention and receiving advice from people that have the right image, but the wrong fruit. So they're mm -hmm. being deceived because they're receiving advice that is just leading them to be obsessed with numbers and, and influence and image. And there's no sense of conviction. So when the pressure comes, they're falling apart. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm praying, man. I'm praying that, that, that God really gives them wisdom. All of us, I'm, I'm, you know, I consider myself a young person, where we start paying attention to like, I, I trust Ryan because I've seen the fruit of the Holy Spirit inside of him. 
you know, I've seen his patience, his love, his kindness, his perseverance. Um, I've, I've, through hearing his story, I've seen him lay what we called ministry to the side for the sake of obeying the voice of God. I respect that above anything else. Obedience to the Lord and, and passion for the Lord, uh, that, that you can't fake it. You know, you, you, you could preach it really good on a pulpit, but in your lifestyle, you can't fake it. And um, I believe that's what the lovers of God concept is, is rising. And um, I, I, I think COVID was the right time to do that because uh, me and Ryan were talking about recently how COVID really exposed a lot of pastors. Unfortunately, you know, it exposed, I want to say it exposed a lot of Christians because even, even, um, you know, even members of churches, we are so used to serving that when you, you, you remove the serving out of the way, we lost our Christianity because that was the lifeline of our, of our salvation. And I think in a way it was good. It was good that we couldn't serve because it, it allowed us to realize that God needs to be our God, not serving, not um, things that we receive as a result of serving. So, yeah, that's really good. Um, I do. I want to take you back, uh, back to when you started to share a little bit of your story, because God was tangibly on that when you started talking about, you know, giving God a week and the seven things. Can you, can you dive into that a little bit more? If there's any more detail you want to share to that, and actually you can share more of your story, uh, if you'd like to. Sure. Um, when I came to God, um, you know, I, I grew up Catholic, and um, by the time I was in high school, I, I really didn't believe in God. It, it became more like an agnostic or atheist, basically. Um, and I had a, a, a blessed childhood, you know, I can't complain. But when I got to high school, when I got to college, actually, my first year in college, um, I kind of went through a breakup with somebody that I, have, I had been dating for like three plus years. Um, my, my mom was about to lose her house. My mom is a single mother, a widow. She was about to lose her house. My uncles were going through a divorce. Um, I was going to get kicked out of, I was, I'm, I was in an honors program here in a, in a, in college and I was about to get kicked out because of grades. Um, I didn't have money to pay for school and just everything hit me at the same time. And I was in a state of, I, I don't know if it was depression, but it, it was probably the closest thing to it. And um, my aunt was a believer, and she used to have Bible Bible uh, studies here or her, her daughter in my house. And I was the type of person that if I saw them doing a Bible study, I would come in, turn on the lights, uh, uh, kick them out, start cursing so they would curse. I, I, I just, I, I was pretty cruel. Um, and really just because I didn't believe the transformation my cousin went through. She went from partying with me to the next week, leaving everything. And I, I just thought this was fake, you know? And, um, but one day my aunt tells me, why don't you ask God for help? And I, I replied, God has enough in his plate. I'll pray for other people, but I don't have to, I, he doesn't need to help me. And she goes to me, what makes you think that God is small enough and, and can't handle your problems? Why are you putting God in a box? And I literally, I went for a walk and I had that conversation with the Lord where I told him, you either do this for me or I'm done. And in a week not only did he solve everything, but the most important part is that he showed me that he was real. You know, he, he demonstrated his love for me. Um, I would have never done that for anybody else. Like, especially a punk kid that comes to challenge me. You know, my, my pride wouldn't have allowed me to do that. But he was so humble in responding to a challenge, you know, which is not wise to do, in my opinion. Uh, you know, challenging God is just crazy. 
but in his mercy, he, he just, he not only answered it, but every time I needed help, he would answer it again and again. And, um, Hmm. I kept going to this Catholic church and I, I, I would pray in front of this huge image and, and I would seek the Lord with everything I had and I would find nothing. And one day, um, it, it was just so strong in my heart to come to my cousin's church, which is King Jesus Ministry. And uh, man, I used to talk so bad about this church. And I went to the youth service. And the moment I stepped in, I could not stop crying from beginning to end. I'm talking about, I don't remember the message. All I remember was crying the whole time on the floor. And then I remember being on the altar receiving Jesus. And I never found out how I got there. And that happened because that was the first time I ever encountered love. Before then, I never encountered love. I, I did not know what love was. I knew my mother's love was strong, my, my family's love, but not the love of God. And um, and I was I was very stubborn. So like three weeks later, my cousin tells me, you need to start reading the Bible. And I'm like, no, I, I don't believe in the Bible. It's a telephone game. By now, that thing has to be wrong. And I remember telling God one day, I'm like, God, if you're real and you want me to read the Bible, then you give it to me. And then I'll read it. But if you don't give it to me, I'm not going to read it. And literally, like, the next day, some random pastor at the college parking lot that I was in, this has never happened. Nobody evangelized to me before that. But a random pastor comes up to me and tells me, I feel from God to give you this Bible. You should begin in the book of John. <laughs> and it just blew my mind. And, and, and then uh, my cousin tells me, you should get baptized in water. And I told her, I was baptized as a kid. I'm good. Like, this is just religion. I don't, I, I, I don't need to get in water. But I was in a youth service with the, the youth pastor back then. And he literally go, I, I was just, he was talking about faith, you know, preaching about faith and all the young people are going crazy. And I'm sitting in the back and I, I, I just had this, this burden in my heart for baptism. So I'm like, man, God, I, I don't want to do it. But if you want me to do it, just, just make it happen. Literally, the moment I said amen to that prayer, the pastor stops his preaching and says, there's somebody here tonight that needs to get baptized. The Holy Spirit just told me, run to the front. And I, I, I went to the front. And then another time was that I, I, I was, I was but by the grace of God, my hunger for God has always been there. And, and in, in the beginning, it was my desperation for healing. And I don't mean healing as in like physical. It was my desperation for God to restore a relationship that I really loved. So it, it led me to seek him with everything because the moment I realized he was real, I figured then he can fix this. If anybody can fix it, he can fix it. So I, 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 I would seek God for hours and hours and hours because I, I, I felt like death in my heart. I, I, you know, I was going through a breakup and, and I would just seek him so much and so much that, but it was for my need. Right. And, and, but I, that, that hunger that I had, it just stayed. So one day I'm just seeking God, I'm seeking God, and I just feel this thing coming out of my body, and I, I just, it, like, like if you were going to throw up, but it wasn't, it wasn't bad, it was like this power making me say things that I didn't understand, and I would kind of hold back, and, and one day I'm telling my cousin, like, man, every time I worship God, I just, I feel this thing that wants to come out of my mouth, and, and I, don't, I don't know what it is, and she goes to me, hey, that's speaking in tongues, uh, God is baptizing you in the Holy Spirit, and I'm like, What? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean speaking in tongues? And I remember that that night I went to church and I told God, hey, if you want to happen, you do it. You know, again, my, that prayer always works. So I just kept doing it, you know? <laughs> and, um, and, and man, and I, I, I told the Lord, God, 
I, I don't know, this is crazy, but if it's really from you, I want it. Like, whatever gets me to get closer to you, I, I, I want that. I don't, I don't care what I have to pay. And the pastor, once again, a, which I think it was a different <laughs> pastor this time, there's people that need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, come to the front. And by that time, I think I was already baptized. I just didn't have, I, 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 I didn't know how to release it. I didn't know how to, I, I didn't understand that I had to speak, that I had to, you know, I, I, I would grieve the Holy Spirit. And the moment they prayed over me, I let loose and, and I started walking in the Holy, you know, I started being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you know what? Like I, I struggled with pornography for so long. Um, and I'm talking about like, even in the world, I knew it was wrong. Like I had a conviction that it was wrong because I, I grew up with a mother and a sister. So for me, those women could be somebody else's mother and sister, but I just couldn't stop watching it. Like I, I would go like a week and then I would fall before even being a Christian. The moment I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I never saw porn again. I never masturbated again. It literally delivered me instantly. And when I was in college, I remember seeing a lot of friends that would struggle, Christian friends that would struggle with porn. And I didn't understand why. And then the Holy Spirit told me it's because they, they, they don't allow, they, they don't pray in the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that praying in tongues fills you with power. And I believe that that power also has to do with overcoming sin. And um, it was interesting. Like he gave me this power to break off the shackles. So it just made me trust him even more. And um, it, 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 honestly, his faithfulness led me to fall in love. And in falling in love, I was able to surrender at everything. Um, I got baptized in water, that story that I told you guys. After getting baptized in water, I went to a party because it was already planned in my day. Everybody was drinking, throwing themselves from the roof, jumping in a pool. And um, that was the last time I saw all my friends. Um, I spent the whole party preaching. I couldn't stop myself. And um, Let's go. <laughs> and and it, Which is crazy, just sharing my testimony. Yeah. And and it's crazy because the next day I told God, God, if, if you don't want certain people around me, just remove them. Listen, I live in the same house I've lived in for 20 years. I go to the same supermarket, the same gas stations. I never saw those people again, like at all. The mm. Lord just removed it. And I think that's the power of surrender, mm. you know. Wow. Um, people don't like surrender because I think surrender doesn't give you uh, the, the appraisal of man. It only gives you the appraisal of, of God. Uh, um, as a matter of fact, we were talking a little bit about serving, right? And what God did in the season. And um, I think it challenged people too, because when you serve, you receive the approval of man. Mm. It's very easy. Like uh, the disciples that I lift up, that I mentor, if I see them come to everything that I ask them to come, it's very easy in my flesh to say they're doing well. Mm. But but if if that gets removed they stop receiving my approval. And all of a sudden, all they have left is the approval of God and intimacy. And most people don't want to pay the price of receiving only the approval of God. They, they itch. They itch for the desire for a man to give them uh, praises and affirm them, which is not bad, you know. But what is bad if you're seeking that more than what you're seeking the presence of God. And um, I, I think that was another of the challenges that COVID brought, you know, to, to the season. That it... it, it um, I was telling my friends that surrender will always challenge your idols. And um, I believe that COVID kind of did that because not, not to everybody. Unfortunately, some people did not want to surrender. But, but to those that did, at least for me, it exposed all the idols in my own life. Um, it exposed how, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an elder in the church, so I would have 
discipleships and, and, and what we call houses of peace, which is like Bible groups. And the last one that we did, we had a hundred kids in the living room, you know, just packed. And that was my Bible study. And it's so easy to fall in love with pursuing that over pursuing God. And I realized that, that, that in my first month in COVID, you felt like, like you weren't worthy, like you weren't doing enough. Mm. And that means that my identity is in the wrong place. Mm. Um, and, and it also challenged um, the fact that my own dreams for 2020 were completely changed. And it challenged my personal agenda. Uh, we all say that we, ha- we want God's will until it's not our will. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so, it, so it, 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 you know, God, give me your will. And, and then it, 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 it leads you to die to something you want and you hesitate. That, that's when we start saying, confirm it, confirm it, confirm it. We don't need confirmation. The thing is that we, we don't have enough death. So the confirmation gives us more time to die. So we ask God to confirm it to buy us time in the process, which is ridiculous, right? It's, 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 it's just funny how we are, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, that, that's, that's a little bit of my story. And, and to cut it really short, um, God told me to go to the University of Florida. I, 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 I wanted to go to NYU to study marketing. And um, the Lord, the Lord just told me no, and He told me UF, and I applied to UF, and I got denied three times. And I was just kind of like, I have the GPA, I've been praying, I've been fasting, what's going on? And then He told me, trust me. And then He put me in a program that I did economics, marketing, management, and a minor in entrepreneurship, and two years completely paid off. And um, and then He told me I wanted to accelerate your time there. And I think the the beautiful thing about me going to UF was that I had nobody. Like I had absolutely had no friends. I had nobody. And that's where I learned to fall in love with God because it was in the times of just me and him together, just me and him. It, we posted this today in Dive Collective, um, um, how Rick Pino kind of says, um, you know, it's, it's the 15 minutes that the Holy Spirit pulls you to the side. When you say yes to those, those are the, the, the times that create this burning in your heart. And my time in UF, because I, I didn't have, uh, you know, uh, at least I didn't have a church. I didn't, I didn't I wasn't going anywhere. Um, so I didn't have anywhere to serve. I didn't have somebody that I can please. It was just me and God. It taught me to just go after God and, and be in love with him and, and enjoy his presence. And, and here I, I didn't have a pastor with me. So I, I had to learn how to go to him. I, I, I tell my disciples this all the time. If you're spending time with God and you don't learn something from him, you probably didn't have intimacy. Because intimacy is an exchange. And if you didn't receive something from him, and I don't mean just like a prophetic word for you to be empowered for a promise. I mean like learn something about who he is, mm-hmm. then you probably didn't have intimacy. And I learned that in UF. Being by myself, it was kind of like my own wilderness. And because of those seasons, I believe I am where I am today. Because it, it, he, he has not allowed me to change that perspective. My prayer time is first. And I fail at it every day. I, 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 I'm not perfect. I'm... I'm a lot of times I oversleep or I put something else before it, but, but it did create a discipline in me and a hunger that I, I feel like if I don't pray, I'm, I don't have oxygen, you know? Uh, I, I need him, and I need time with him. And I think that's where, I, I believe that's the reason why I ended up in King Jesus Ministry and why uh, at 25 years old, they, they gave me a department to lead 25 people and most of them being double my age, you know? It was because I wasn't seeking the title. I was seeking him you know i i I just want him now the titles were were a great temptation i'm not gonna lie to you but uh by by his grace i just wanted him and 
he he God trusts the surrendered. I've learned that, and it's the most beautiful thing. It sucks because there's so many things you leave on the table, but they're worth leaving on the table, you know. Yeah, um, that's so good. There's so much you said there. Uh, I I just wanted to throw two things out there real quick, and then Vince, I can tell you had something. So I'll, I have a lot of things, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll turn it back to you. But you were, when you were saying the thing about praying in the spirit being the way you free yourself from temptation. It made me think of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane where he's like, he's like, why are you asleep? Like, wake up. You you should be praying or else you'll be tempted. Uh, And, you know, I think ultimately the context, because the next verse is it talks about in in Luke, at least it talks about how then Judas comes up, gives him a kiss and leaves. And he's betrayed in the place of intimacy or this like intimate moment. Um, wow. And so I know that there's other context to that, but it's really interesting, specifically like with porn, sexual addiction, things like that. It's like he was betrayed in a false intimacy um, with the Lord and then abandoned. And like Jesus was abandoned when he was saying, hey, wake up and pray so that you're not tempted. Uh, and Judas still went through with it uh, because he wasn't awake and praying. And so I, I just there really is something uh, to that. Just praying the spirit, communing because praying the spirit is like. It's it's a level above just prayer in your language, your earthly language. Definitely. You know, it's like it's this communing with Holy Spirit um, and it becomes a true intimacy versus a false false intimacy where we can betray Jesus with our own flesh. Um, yeah, the other the other thing, the Rick Pino thing, what you're saying there, I, I think that's one of the things I've tried to teach people over the years because I think that's, and I want to come back to that, like that 15 minutes, like that, those times when he pulls on you, those really are for people who want to know Holy Spirit, those who are hungry for more of God, like that is the greatest nugget right there. Uh, those moments, the way I always, I always would teach it is like those moments you're driving your car and you just feel like him slightly brush across your neck or, you know, those little moments you feel him tug on your heart to go spend some time with him. It's how you react to those little moments that like set you up for the big encounters and even in those, a lot of times there's, you know, like God will pull you into that and, or you'll go like spend time with God. And it doesn't, it doesn't always necessarily feel like you got something out of it. Uh, you know, it, 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 sometimes it feels like, uh, there are those times when it feels dry and it's like, God, where were you? But there's something about getting past yourself, getting past your flesh, getting past your comfort to just be like, I'm, I'm here. I just want to be with you. That like, that sets people up for these like more radical encounters the ones that we want, but we want it the opposite. We want that, you know, when we finally give God 10 minutes, we want him to come with a fire and, you know, angels to show up and the living creatures to swirl around us or something. But like, he just doesn't do it that way. He lets us get ourselves out of the way and like fully be in it for him to know him. And we do that over and over again. And we create a lifestyle of recognizing the the slightest brush of his presence and, and turning towards him that sets us up to be people of, of consistent encounters with God and consistent intimacy and consistent give and take in the relationship with him. That's so. crazy. And, and to add to what you just said too, um, you know, in, during COVID, I, 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 I like to pray in the morning. I used to hate it, but um, I discovered the pleasure in it. And um, during COVID, I would pray in the morning, go to work. And then the Holy Spirit led me, you know, we couldn't really hang out with a lot of people. So instead of staying at work and eating lunch there, the Holy Spirit started leading me to come home to pick up my food, 
and spend 20 minutes with him because by the time I drive back to church, I, that's it, I run out of time, right? And those 20 minutes have done more for me than my hours in the morning because in the morning, my agenda is a great distraction. But by the time I get to those 15 minutes and lunch break, everything that was a worry in my heart is already gone and all I have left is him. And I, I, I tell my friends this uh, a lot that we, I, in our church, we have something called like press in, right? I don't, I don't know. I think, you know, it's something popular in, 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 in the global church, right? Like press into God, press into the presence. And what I've learned is that pressing in means that moment where you run out of things to say, stay in the presence. Like when you get to that moment where you just like everything is done, you, you, you're in that awkward silence where you have no longer anything to bring up. Don't walk outside of the presence. Stay. Yeah. And that's when the Lord just, man, he just uh, nourishes you in ways that um, I, I wouldn't sell that for anything. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for, for nothing. And, uh, uh, and you said something so powerful, too, because I, I think that's also where you, where you start learning how to, like, become friends with the Holy Spirit rather than just becoming him being your helper. You know, uh, most of the time we use him as our helper, but we don't know how to be his friend. And, and, and the, the, to prove that is this, uh, in what friendship, all you do is ask. And in what friendship, all you do is, uh, be with them when you need to be satisfied. You know, I, if I have a friend, I need to be with them also when they mean, they, they want to be with me. Not when I only want to be with them. So those 15 minutes where he kind of, he tugs at your heart, he, he, he asks you to do it, it. It just starts developing the heart of, of really understanding how to actually be a lover of God that we were mentioning earlier. Yeah, yeah, man. I just feel like um, kind of like a holy moment, Andreas. Um, I don't know if you'd mind just kind of releasing that over yeah. the audience. Like, I just feel like there's just a push, man. Um, that I feel like even some that are going to listen to this, um, yeah, they'll just encounter Holy Spirit a fresh way um, that they haven't encountered in a long while. So, um, yeah, would you just pause and just take us there for a little bit? Yeah. You know, I want to, to the people that are listening, um, you might be driving or at work, but definitely you can pause right this moment and just acknowledge him. You know, uh, that scripture, be still and know that he is God. It's, it's, it's more about like reminding yourself who he is than about waiting on him to do something. Um, so Father, I, I, I just pray, Lord, I, I pray Holy Spirit that you would give them that stillness um, that allows them to just put their focus back on you. I pray that you would put that burn in their hearts, that, that, that hunger of just five more minutes with you, of, of, of let me not pick up that phone call just so I can hear God just for a few more seconds, that, that, that it's okay to be late to work as long as I get 10 more minutes with the Lord, you know, that you know what, instead of spending lunchtime with my friends, I'm going to sneak out and, and, and just be with my lover. Like the Songs of Solomon says, I'm going to sneak out and be with him. So Father, I, I just pray that your reality would be greater in their lives. God, I pray that prayer will no longer be um, a place of manufacturing breakthroughs. Hmm. But God, that it would be a place wow. to fall in love with you. 
God, my greatest fear is to forget who you are. Man, we make so many errors when we forget who you are. So I just pray that in these 10, 15 minutes um, throughout the day that you stop people and remind them who you are. Lord, I've never met somebody that knows you and is not in love with you. So I pray that. I pray that they would know you. I pray that they would that you would reveal yourself to them. I pray that you would, in that stillness, in that, I think that stillness means just not thinking that everything else is more important than being with you. That's what being still means, just realizing that there's nothing more important than being with God. So I pray, Lord, that, that they have more of those moments and that that would fill them, that it would fill them like you, like you, filled the woman at the well that was never the same, that it would fill them like Mary, that it changed her life so radically that she chose to grab her glory and wipe your feet with it and serve you and worship you. And then that would change them forever. And then like Bill Johnson says, you know, they would leave the room smelling just like you. Mm-hmm. Let that be their influence, God, that they reflect you, not that they do things that are right in the kingdom, but that they reflect you. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, gosh, Andreas, thanks, man. Thanks for sharing so much um, and, and being a part of this. I, I just want to cry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the tenderness that's on your life, man, just want to cry. Um, so when I met you, I met you the same time Ryan did. And I remember thinking to myself, this dude has been like, it, it, like the theme of his life is always acceleration. Like I, I bet, I bet that's what it is, man. <laughs> like yeah. There's just always this like compressed, um, kind of download from heaven. Right. Like, and, and you're describing that, right? Like, uh, within your um, your college journey and whatnot, your studies, your your time at uh, King Jesus, and even probably where you're at today, um, but noting that it's always come from a time of Holy Spirit like tugging on you to pull you aside, and Him just literally downloading more than enough. For what's to come. And I think um, one of the things I appreciated about that when I met you was it wasn't about what you were doing. And even with what you're describing, man, it's like you're still at that place that it's not about what you're doing. It's literally just him. <laughs> and I think... It's just really beautiful to be on the receiving end of that. Um, And I think it's also equally as beautiful, if not more beautiful, that you're at a church that, I mean, you guys are huge, man. You guys have global influence. You guys have masses coming to your church every week. It's not like you're like just in a rural church somewhere, you know, pastoring a group of 10 kids or something like that. Like you're being really humble, man. (laughs) You're doing a lot of stuff that like, 
most of the generation is looking at and saying, like, I want that. I want that. I want that because that's what I see on TV. That's what I see on YouTube. That's what I see on this, this, and that, and the other. But you're speaking from a place of, hey, this is all cool and well, but Jesus is the main thing. Um, and I look at like the example, right? Like that you're sharing even of that college season. Specifically, I'm honing in on that uh, because you're saying like it set you up. And I'm curious, man, just to dig in, like, because you look at that, right? That two and a half years you said, right? And uh, when you first challenged God, that was over a course of, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm like running my nose right now because I'm holding back tears, man. <laughs> um, At least I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you're, you're going back... Uh, you got you got seven days you're challenging God, God showing up and just meeting you with his mercy and his kindness and the father heart towards you, man. And then you go like how, how many years between that and, and college? Um I was I was doing my associates when I did that prayer. Okay. And and I and about a year later I about a year and a half later I went into UF for my okay. bachelor's. So from that moment to a year and a half later, you're at UF, you're by yourself, you've been denied three times, but then you're in, you're doing this accelerated program, and it's this privatized time with the Holy Spirit. That you're just literally going to your studies, he's leading you onward and into, into a path, into a career, into a, uh, a study, a field of study that you didn't think you were going to be in, but you're in, and, and you're in an acceleration of that. And in the middle of that, you don't even know what's next. Yeah. I'm curious, man. Like, speak into that season, that yeah. intimate season with him. Like, what were the things that he was showing you? What were the things that, that were grabbing your heart, um, that were pulling you in closer and closer? Um, well, I began to discover God the moment I came to him for him, not for the breakthrough. But I got to that moment because he was so faithful to me. You know, like I've 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 never had God throw my sin in my face. I get convicted, but the moment repentance happens, he 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 doesn't even mention my errors that I that I still struggle with sometimes. He doesn't bring them up to my face, and um, I I think that journey led me to a place where I fell in love, and I was just kind of like, man, I. I I remember the day exactly. I was I was in my knees, you know, back then. Um, I, I thought I had to pray my knees all the time back then. You know, I, I was I grew up that way, but now I understand I can do it any any anyway. But but I remember I was in my knees and I was just kind of like, I, I don't want to come to you today for the break. I don't care if you do the breakthrough. I, I just need to know you. Like I just want to get to know you. And you're saying this was in the middle of that. I was in the middle of. I had just got into UF and yeah, it that prayer opened the way for me to actually know who God is. Hmm. You know, like, I, I don't think I realized until this moment, but my acceleration, many people think it as favor and grace. My acceleration was a result of surrender. Hmm. Like, um, which is crazy. You know how God, the Bible says that God turns your weakness into a strength? Well, 
I became so broken because of an experience in my life. I was very confident, but an experience in my life broke me so strong that I became one of the most indecisive people you'll ever meet. Mm. But with the Lord, it just turned into dependency. And that, that type of surrender um, is what led to everything good that I have today. You know, like favor and grace was given to me. Like, I, I don't, I'm not the smartest in marketing. You know, like, as a matter of fact, when I got hired for the marketing position at my job, I had two people over me that were way better than I was. And I, and I trust those two people. One of them I still work with. And I told them, you should go to them. And I don't know why they chose me, you know. Um, when, when, I, when I left UF, I came to the church. And my first mentor was a pastor, which at that time, pastors only really mentor like elders in the church. Right. They, they kind of would focus on leadership and then so on and so on. And it was really my surrender. It was, it was like, I, I now understand that everything good I have is a result of surrendering to the Lord. Everything messed up in the past eight years has been, uh, has, has come from not surrendering, you know, mm-hmm. our struggle is more with our surrender than with the attacks of the enemy. Like our inner struggle is always lack of surrender. Mm-hmm. And um that's really good. Yeah, expound on that a little bit. Yeah, um you know, Jesus was so surrendered that he was able to sleep in a storm, right? Um Bill Johnson always says, you always have power over the storms that you can sleep in, right? In other words, the situations that you're fully dead to. Like Jesus could care less whether he lived or not. The Bible says if 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 you try to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you give it up for my sake, you'll gain it, right? Well, Jesus didn't care about his life, which is why the storm didn't affect him. It didn't even wake him up. When we go through a storm, we, we are so uh, afflicted by it that we lose our sleep, hmm. right? And um, I think that when you're fully dead to yourself, uh, I, I was talking to one of my friend, um, one of my friend Peter, um, and I was asking him, he was talking about promises, right? And I go to him, because he always tells me, like, every preacher actually says this, you're ready for the promise when you're dead to it. And, and I'm kind of like, well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, how, like, what's the balance between uh, having a promise from God that you know you need to pursue, but then also being dead to it? And then what he told me blew my mind. He goes, it's simple. It means pursuing it because the Lord told you. But if it doesn't happen, you're okay with it. Mm. And I think when we live life that way, we're surrendered. You know, we're surrendered onto the Lord. And it's because my my question to him is like, yeah, but what's the difference between not caring and being dead to it? And that's what he told me. Not caring will stop you from pursuing. But but caring but but caring like wanting it, you pursue it. But if it doesn't happen, you're okay because you're more concerned with pleasing the Father than actually getting the breakthrough. You just want to obey him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if he does it, he does it. If he doesn't do it, he doesn't do it. And man, that has been the challenge of my last two years is my surrender to God. Because for, for me, a weakness, it's not a weakness, but, but it, when God shows me something, I am stubborn. I will pursue it until it happens. <laughs> and recently, I've been pursuing a promise, a few promises that they just haven't happened. And when I go 
have encounters with the Lord, he tells me to keep pursuing them. So I know I'm doing the will of God, but I also know that sometimes they become idols in my life. Mm. And my, my challenge has been, I know it's his will, but I have to keep it in such a surrender that it doesn't become what dictates my day. Mm. You know? Yeah. So when it comes to surrender, like I, I, um, you know, like I said earlier, it challenges your idol. Um, and your inner struggle is always like it, your inner struggle is, is your surrender. It's not your, it's not your battle because when, when you're fully surrendered, you understand that the battle doesn't belong to you. Um, Ryan sent me a really good book, um, that talks about King, uh, Saul, King Solomon and, and, and David. And it was saying how David, you know, the, the kingdom wasn't his, so he never had to defend it. Uh, with us, we think that the promises belong to us, so we're always trying to defend them. Mm. So when the storms come, we freak out. We think we're going to lose them. We don't realize that, like, who can steal something from God? Mm. You know, which is why I said my greatest fear is forgetting who God is. Mm-hmm. Because when I forget who he is, I become the worst version of me. I start fighting battles that I was never supposed to fight. I start manufacturing uh, uh, results um, that will destroy, destroy me at, at the end of the day. And more than anything... I, I just stopped trusting him. And it's crazy because we never really, like, as Christians, we don't realize that we forget who God is. Like, God could be in the same room and we forget him. Like, people think that God was not in the room when Adam bit the apple. But the Bible says that God is everywhere. That means that he was there. It's just Adam's focus wasn't on God. You know what I mean? So it's, it's in the moments where we, we lose our focus, we lose our reality of God, we lose how real he is that we make the great, the craziest, like why, 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 why else will you sell your inheritance for a couple of lentils? Right. You know? Um, so, uh, and, and for me, surrender has costed me everything, but it's, it's, it's so satisfying, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 which is, which is, I've also learned that, um, blessings when the blessing comes, the surrender becomes harder. Right. And I'm kind of telling the Lord, I'm in a season where I'm kind of like, man, if, if the blessing is going to change my heart, like in the posture of surrender that I have with you, then I don't want the blessing. And I, I say that it sounds pretty when I'm telling you, but trust me, when I don't get the blessing, it, it hurts. Yeah. It, it, it's painful. You know, when, when people that you lift, when you have a Judas, you know, when you, or, or, or a Saul, <laughs> you know, it, those things hurt like crazy. Um, but I, I, I still prefer trusting him over whatever blessing can replace my trust in him. Yeah. There's a prayer in Proverbs. Uh, What's his name? There's a prayer from somebody in Proverbs. It names somebody. And his prayer is essentially, uh, don't let me be, uh, don't let me be poor to wherever, I, wherever I have to steal or beg for food and don't ever bless me to where I lose sight of you. It's, it's something along those lines. I'll have to find it. Yeah. Um, but that, that really is it. I think Bill Johnson says uh, something along the lines of like, God will bless you to the, to the level that you can still be dependent upon him. And Crazy. so you guys see that in people's lives, like different places. I, there's some, you know, um, some people that are close to me that I've watched them walk through poverty and, and all kinds of mess and all that, but they love, they really love God. And I remember one point crying out and just being like, God, what are you, 
can you can you bless them and it was like uh you know the nature of revelation is it's revealed so all of a sudden i i could see it and i was i could see the blessing of the lord on their life and he said to me so clearly almost almost sternly like like as if i thought i loved them more than he did uh he said i'm blessing them to the level they can receive it and and i could see it in their life and i was like oh my gosh to where they're at right now that is the most like anything beyond that would actually pull them away from him and it's his mercy not to bless them more that's that's crazy and you know you know what's you know it's insane that sometimes god will not bless certain people because it'll become their idol right but they want the blessing so bad that they start manufacturing blessings in the name of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. people think they're blessed, but you know the Bible says that the blessings of God will not will not sorrow or, or curses or anything like that, right? But if you look at their life, they're upside down, and that's how I know that 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 blessing did not come from the Lord. It came from them being so hungry for status and 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 numbers or fruit or money. Or you you know you can adapt that to anything that. It, they manufacture their own thing, which is why they don't have rest. Like I've seen people when when I see God bless somebody, they still have time for the Lord. When I see them manufacture their breakthrough, their time for the Lord disappears, hmm. because in nature they're already more focused on whatever they want to get than in God Himself. Um, which is which is insane, you know. Um, you know, Vince. Uh, um, to tie back into what you were saying about surrender. Um, you know, I grew up without a father. Mm. And um, automatically, I never realized how much lack of identity I had, right? Like, I just didn't see it. Um, when I got saved, it was exposed to me, you know? I finally started seeing that. And um, my surrender also allowed me to um, believe that I can... The, the, the best lesson I've ever learned from Apostle Guillermo Maldonado was that God speaks and you need to hear his voice. Like his dependency on the voice of God is so radical that it taught me that it was doable. And in UF, I think one of the, the, the second thing that blessed me the most to where I am today is that in my surrender, um, I learned how to hear the voice of God. Mm. And the Lord always tells me this. When you hear God's voice, you receive identity. Because when you hear your father, you receive identity, right? Mm. And um, I became obsessed with the voice of God in UF. Because I didn't have nobody else. So I started going to him for my decisions. I started going in in surrender. Again, you will hear, I I believe that you will also hear the voice of God depending on your surrender. Now, it doesn't mean you can't prophesy because if you're anointed, you know, you won't even hear the Lord and you'll have a word for somebody. But I'm talking about the, 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 not the voice of God from the point of view of prophesying to somebody else, but the voice of God in relationship with you, right? Mm -hmm. It increases with surrender and it becomes mute when you have fear. Like fear will will mute how much you can hear the Lord, but surrender will open it up. And I think that most people have trouble hearing the ans- the, the 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 direction that they want from God because they're afraid of the answer. So it stops mm-hmm. them from hearing the Lord. But when you're fully surrendered and you don't care what the answer is going to be, you can hear it just like that. And in UF, I learned that. I, I learned, um, you know, to to just put my my heart in a posture where. What man? It, it freaks my bones. Like I am, I am trembling. Uh, depending on the answer you're gonna give me, because it means dying to myself or being super excited. You know. <laughs> um, but but I but I I learned that your will is better than mine, so I want to go after that. 
And um, that type of surrender, man, it will give you so much access to the voice of God, not from a point of place of um, let me get the answers to other people's problems, you know, which is all, always good. I, I love practicing that. But more for the point of view of, man, let, let me hear for myself who I am, who God is. Um, and, and I encourage all the listeners, actually, I want to encourage you to put the same demand on God that you put when you go prophesy to somebody else to hear for yourself about yourself. Hmm. Um, when you encounter the Lord, you can also encounter who you are hmm. because he's a mirror to us, right? And I want to encourage everybody listening, um, spend a little less time trying to hear for the things of your day and try to spend a little more time hearing about who he is and about who you are. Because if you get those two things right, every other problem is cake. You know, it's it's easy, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. Beautiful. Man, like, I just want to say this. Uh, it's beautiful because I feel like your story, and especially the time in college, um, it's it's him being a father to the fatherless. It, you know, yeah. like, I, I, I haven't known you super long, but in the time I've known you, I've... Well, okay, let me say it this way. So you know how like the things you've been delivered of are normally the things that agitate you and other people. And then you have a choice. Am I going to be religious about this and, and, and choose judgment towards them? Or am I going to have mercy because I've been there? Um, I like, I was the biggest orphan, you know, in the, in the way, not even because I had both parents, but because the, you know, lots of circumstances, but the way I acted and stuff was very, very orphan. I've never once picked up on that with you. And, and wow. you know, there's never been a sense of like, you need to prove yourself or trying to cling to identity. And like Vince said, like the humility of, you know, a lot of us, a lot of people in the U S may not know your church, uh, which is sad to me. Um, cause we, you know, especially as I've gone in central, central America and stuff, everyone knows and like yeah. everyone knows your church, uh, and your church is known all over the world. And like you said, like the U S is kind of the new market, quote unquote, um, but you're part of a major organization and at one you don't hear a marketing person at a church ever like with the heart you have <laughs> you know like it would be so easy in that kind of a environment to just focus on marketing do that really well and neglect the things of god but you're part of something so big so it feels significant it feels like you're close to god but you've chosen to consistently be humble and i, I just and there's something so beautiful about allowing god exactly what you're saying, allowing God to father you, to give you identity, him being the mirror, him being the one you look into his face and you begin to see who you are. And you're lit, you're a living testimony of that. And I think that there's so many, especially in the charismatic world. I mean, it's, it's across all of Christianity, but a lot of our, our listeners will be charismatic, Pentecostal, that sort of thing. Um, that's easy to hide behind the gifts and God doing stuff through you and also manufactured testimonies and things that we want to say are God blessing us and hide and have like a wall of self-protection up uh, to not let God actually get into those places or to get close enough to him that we begin to see who we are uh, and let go of all the orphan in us. You know, um, to, to add to what you're saying too, um, it's it's to like the people listening it's so easy to learn a system like every church has a system right it's just structure right um we love being relational and led by the holy spirit but at the end of the day there's always some sort of uh structure that 
if you're savvy enough, which most people are, you can learn how to look good in that system without ever knowing the Lord. Um, because like I said earlier, it's easier to get the approval of man than the approval of God. Because the approval of God only comes from hearing him, and that requires intimacy. But the approval of man, you just need to please a person and what they ask you, and you'll get that. And um, I've unfortunately, I've seen many people do that, play the system, you know, do all the right things, say the right things, and, and, and give the right things in front of the right people, and they think that they're saved. And I'm worried because they might be one of those that say, Lord, I did all these things in your name, and he's going to say, I never knew you. And what's interesting to me is that Jesus never said, you never knew me. He said, I never knew you, which to me, that means it's not so much about you knowing revelation about me, but also how vulnerable and how surrendered you were to God that he was able to tap into your life. I don't think he's looking only for people that have knowledge of him because the Pharisees had knowledge of him. They just weren't surrendered enough to see that Jesus was God in front of them, you know, which is why he came for the broken, because the, the beautiful thing about being broken is that like, which is why I think my, I, I think I am the way that I am is because I came to him broken, you know. And when you're broken, you, you have no option but to be real, you know. <laughs> like you can't fake that thing. Like your 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 brokenness uh, puts you in a place where you come to him because you need life, you know. Like you you, like man, you're about to die and you need him. Um, but any other thing, you come to him for things. So, I only say that to say this that I I think it's so important. Um, vulnerability always attracts God. And I think it's so important um, that it, it's amazing, the ministries that we're part of. I'm so grateful for the home that I'm in. Um, but if you are only uh, showing your leaders the good that you're doing and you're hiding the things you're struggling with it from them and from God, um, you, you're never going to grow. You're never going to heal, you know, mm. which is why, unfortunately, I believe there's some leaders in the kingdom of God right now that they're struggling, they're falling or, things are coming against them is because maybe they didn't um, build in the right foundation. And I, I'm, I'm not, I'm nobody to judge any of them because I'm not where they're at. I have not gone through their process. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're going through, their private life, you know, but it, it, I'm definitely learning a lot from them. You know, I'm learning and I'm, I'm, I pray that we do learn, you know, I pray that we do learn the good and the bad, not, not learn the bad, but learn from the bad. So we won't make those mistakes. But, um, and I, I also want to say this, that, you know, go, uh, Going back to surrender, like, we got to stop being religious with the Holy Spirit because we think that he only wants to help us in the miracle part of it. Um, but one, like, I, I, I'm going to say two stories that are going to crack you up. One of the, is this. One time I, I, I chose to go evangelize and go on a trip to receive. I had to travel to Miami to come receive in a discipleship with my pastor. And, and I studied for an exam. And then I flew back to Gainesville to take the exam. But I was so exhausted, I blanked out. And in that moment, I'm like, the Holy Spirit just kept showing me, like, he's my helper. So I'm like, hey, I hear you prophesy. The word says you're my helper. Can you help me in this exam? Like, <laughs> you know, help me out. He gave me all the answers. I thought I was going to fail. They looked so stupid to me. I got the best grade, one of the best grades in the class. Now, most people are going to say that that's religion because that's that, that level of dependency is too radical for them. Mm. Man, we have the helper. He, he, he actually wants us to pass. And by using them, not by doing it on our own gifts. And I grabbed that lesson and I applied it to marketing. And, and I think that's why my, like, I think that's where I'm at in marketing because I've, I've always learned, the Bible says that if you're connected to the vine, you will bear fruit. Hmm. I always tell the people that run my social media, 
hey, if you increase your intimacy, watch, the account is going to bear more fruit. Mm-hmm. And it always does. <laughs> and, and I'll tell my team, if you spend a little more time in the presence and a little less time trying to strategize, you're going to see that you'll get better strategies and the fruit will be unstoppable. And, and let me tell you, um, recently we, we kind of contracted somebody to help us with the campaign because we just had so much work. And when they found out that we sold out on the American Airlines Arena with the advertisement budget that I have, they laughed in my face. And they asked me for five times the budget to do the same thing. You know, to them, um, advert- you know, the American Airlines Arena is where the Miami Heat play, right? Yeah. By the grace of God, we were able to sell out all the tickets that we had for that event, which is, I think it was like 18,000 tickets. And all we had was $30,000 in advertisement, which sounds like a lot, but it's really nothing. Yeah. And this other company comes in and they're asking me for 150, you know, and they laugh in my face. And I know that the only reason why we're able to do the things that we do is because our team begins every day with prayer. Mm-hmm. And for me, I... Man, a lot of times the Holy Spirit will give me strategies that make me look stupid in front of my leaders. Mm-hmm. And I'm obe- I, sometimes I ignore the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to lie to you. But I try my hardest to be obedient to Him. And the best things that I've ever suggested to our ministries, the things that have broken records, um, helped our books get to, to bestseller lists and all these things, came from listening to something the Holy Spirit told me that was completely absurd. But if I wasn't surrendered, I would have ignored it and I would have hit my head in the, with a rock not getting the results that God wanted me to get. And, and I think that's another advice for people listening. Maybe you're in business or you're a doctor or, or you're, maybe you're in marriage and you're having trouble. We love to listen to advice, but not the advice of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And, and I think the reason is that we're too insecure about, sometimes we're just insecure that we hear His voice. And that happened to me. And I think the best solution to that is, Get in the presence of God as long as you need to until you finally become confident in His voice, yeah. um, which requires time. And if you really want His will, pay the price for, of time. Um, and the other reason why we become insecure about His voice is because it will make you look bad in front of your friends. And, and I'll give you an example. Um, all your friends will always be excited for you when you get prophesied to or you hear a promise of God. But if in three months it doesn't happen, they are the first ones to stop believing with you. <laughs> like, like they will encourage you out of compassion in their eyes to say, no, don't worry about it. Just forget it. Move on. Right. And that's the test because the promise was never for them. It was for you. Yeah. You're the one that has the grace to believe in, not them. Mm. Um, I, I believe that God will always give you one or two people that can believe with you. And I, I value those friendships more than any other friendship. Like the people that can believe what God said over my life more than I do. I value them because in my weakness, they push me. Yeah. Um, but I've already learned that the promises that I receive are too much for my family and my friends, which is why with Joseph, everybody went against him. It was just too much for them, you know? But, but, um, so, but if we're surrendered enough, we will uh, be humble enough to just be like, you know what, Holy Spirit? I don't care if it costs me my, my reputation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And sometimes it, it will. Sometimes you won't get what you thought was going to happen when you obeyed him. And it'll make you look bad. And if you got upset about that, you probably weren't surrendered. And he probably did that so that you can know that you're not surrendered because it bothered you that the result wasn't what you wanted. Um, But if you are surrendered, obedience is what satisfies you, not the result. Mm -hmm. 
Well, this has been part one of our interview with Andres Brizuela. Uh, this part one is episode 18, and you'll want to go now to episode 19 to hear the second part of the interview. Uh, I hope that one blessed you, that, that first half. Uh, Andres is incredibly special to me. He's been a great friend, and I've wanted to introduce him to all of you. Uh, in the second half of the interview, we get into some amazing uh, miracle testimonies of him traveling with Apostle Guillermo Maldonado, and uh, it'll really bless you. Uh, once again, if you would like to support the podcast, go to firemovement.com support. There you can give a one-time or monthly gift, and it is always helpful for you to share our podcast with your friends, share it on social media, share it with your family. Um, and then also follow, subscribe, all those fun things, leave reviews. It's all helpful and it will all help get uh, the word out and the message that we carry. So thank you so much. And until next time, this has been the Fire Podcast.